You are listening to the Steadfast Life Podcast with Jake and Witt, where we take your questions and offer our answers. We're here to give you what you're looking for, whether that's value, entertainment, or just some laughs. We're gonna we're gonna test you right right out of the gate. All See right. what you got for this one. How do I forgive someone who has in fact wronged me without letting them walk all over me? Ooh. A little bit heavy <laughs> to start this one off today. If we dig into that has actually wronged me piece, sometimes that can really hurt. Yeah. I'm going to pass. I think I'm going <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, good luck. <laughs> I think the first step, I know for me when I've done some, some hard forgiveness work is having compassion on myself, uh, which just means that when there's hurt or rejection or disappointment, um, usually it, that's compounded with anger, uh, that I give myself space to not need to, you know, do the the right thing. I should forgive them. Um, this one, this one is smart right here. That forgiveness is not the same as suppressing the emotion. Nice yeah. job. Oh, thanks. You're you're a good life coach. Yeah, and I was just getting started. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll step back. Where do we go from here? <laughs> yeah, well, I think the compassion part is really important and overlooked a lot uh, because what I know I've done is instead of feeling uh, compassionate toward myself, giving myself that space to allow the emotion, I go into victim mode. And victim mode is not allowing the emotion and it's not moving you closer to forgiveness, which is ultimately freedom. Uh, so I, I think the first thing is compassion. Um, what, what would you say is the first first thing? Well, I think that's the first thing. Uh, what, what comes to mind in terms of this conversation, what I think is beneficial to know or a, a beneficial perspective to take if this is a journey that you're you know, thinking of heading out on is that, uh, that holding on to anger, it doesn't really teach anyone any lessons. Yeah. And so there's this idea that like, oh, well, if I forgive them, then I'm not, I'm not teaching them that they can't treat me like that. You're not teaching them they can't treat you like that if you don't forgive them either. Uh-huh. You know, that, that, that's the big myth of it all. There was an analogy from one of these cheesy Christmas movies that we watched, but it's really good. They talked about uh, putting, when you are, when you stay offended, when you don't forgive someone, you put them in a prison. And the problem is you have to now guard the prison. So you spend all of your time guarding this prison that the person is in. And then the big twist on the whole thing is they're not even in there because they could be doing their own thing, living their own life. You're guarding an empty prison with an imaginary person inside. And so it's only you being affected. And so then if forgiveness is releasing the person from the prison, really what you're doing is releasing you from having to guard it. Yeah, releasing yourself. Yeah, that's good. I, I like that analogy a lot too because it just shows how uh, what an illusion it is to hold on to offenses. And man, I am not here on a pedestal. Not easy. <laughs> saying that you should just quickly forgive because a lot of my forgiveness work has taken years. However, I know that it doesn't have to be that way. And so, uh, if I gave my my younger self advice, I would say free yourself, Whitney. Yeah. <laughs> give yourself compassion and forgive. You know, I even like to give myself a um, kind of like a time frame. Like, 
give yourself compassion for a couple of weeks. And then by the end of the month, wait, let's, let's uh, get into freedom and be set free from this by taking on the forgiveness. Yeah, it's, it's a really good one-two punch because if you don't have the compassion, you can find yourself condemning yourself for not forgiving fast enough if you really do understand the forgiveness part. And so it is really important to to have that compassion piece and then and then jump into the space where you remember some perspective, some truths, you know, some way to see forgiveness where it's not it's not that you're teaching them a lesson, it's not that you're letting them off the hook. You're letting you off the hook. And then I think in terms of how to forgive when you when you are ready to let go, uh, we have a really powerful prayer that invite invites Christ into it and um, it kind of guides you into actually writing down what you judged about the person and how you felt. So like the emotions. So you're honoring those feelings. Yeah. yeah. And what I found is that getting those actual thoughts and judgments out of my head is part of the healing process. Because when I just summarize it and say, I forgive you, mm -hmm. it's so vague that it, it's not really healing. It, it's not addressing the problem. And so I, I really do write it out, y'all. <laughs> and and then I, I read that to the Lord and I and then I invite Jesus and I say, um, Jesus, it's because your love and your grace that I have the power to let them go. And they owe me no debt. I don't need an apology or anything from them. Um, this is between you and I, Lord. And um, and then I just invite the Holy Spirit to come in and heal my emotions, heal my, um, my thoughts. thoughts. Thank you. And, um, heal my body. Cause sometimes I know for me holding on can that bitterness and resentment is toxic for our body. Um, and so I just say, heal my, heal my body too, for any harm that my unforgiveness has done. So it's a relief for me to know that Wit has this skill just in case one day somewhere down the road in the future she needs to forgive me for the first time. <laughs> Babe, I'm so good at forgiving you. <laughs> I already forgave you for making that call. Wait, you've forgiven me before? <laughs> I'm going to give credit to my mentor, one of my mentors. Uh, she says that she refuses to be offended. And that doesn't mean that she is not human. It just means that she forgives so often and so quickly that she doesn't give herself time to let that offense really uh, affect her. Yeah. Smart woman. Oh, oh there he is. There Next is. question. My kid plays sports and I want them to be process focused, but they are actually being judged based on their results by teammates, coaches, and sometimes even the community. How do I do that? Hmm. Well, I think that uh, process is overrated. <laughs> Just judge based on results. Yeah. You're a winner or a loser determined by the scoreboard. <laughs> Sorry, kid. <laughs> this is one of my favorite topics. Um, to be honest, it's something that I've struggled with. I've seen people struggle with. I've coached people through their struggle in this. To be honest, not even just in sports, but also in the classroom. That you know, a lot of kids get wrapped up in their grades and such, mm -hmm. and and get into this space. And 
And I think that, um, I think it really comes down to your sphere of control, your, you know, and, and kind of knowing where you have control, where you have influence and, and where you don't have any control. And the, the truth is, like it or not, not, <laughs> that the outcome, the outcome of a game, even, even if you were to back it up a bit and say the, the, the decision of whether you're gonna get playing time, how much playing time you're gonna get if you start or if you don't, it's, it's out of your hands. And so the way that I was guided early on, which is my favorite that I always come back to when I've been in that situation, is that, that you only have control over you. And so the best you can do is deserve it. And because you don't want to get in this space where it's like, oh, okay, well, I only went to practice twice out of five days. Coach didn't play me. Well, what can I do? It's not in my control. No, I do want to deserve it. And so I've got to go to the place, you know, imagine what would it look like if I was playing, getting my playing time. What, what do I want for this? Let me get the visual of that. How do I show up? How do I show up? How do I train? How do I play? How do I treat my teammates? How do I respond when I'm put on the bench? <laughs> And then I get a, a feel for my character, for my deserve it is what I call it. And then once I deserve it, I've got to just redirect back to that and know that what I'm doing in this in this growth area of my life is I'm learning lessons that are gonna that are gonna ripple out throughout my life in areas bigger than sports or even in other sports. You know, it could even be the same sport down the road. But I, I'm trying to I'm trying to learn the lesson, get my growth, my process right. I'm trying to focus on that. And, and not have the ultimate authority be whether I win or lose or whether I play or sit on the bench. Yeah. What's the downside of it, of your, uh, uh, I don't know, being results focused instead of process focused? Uh, it creates pressure. Mm -hmm. And I, that's what I assume is that the intent mm -hmm. of the question, that, that process focus, it is the antidote to pressure. And if you are process focused, if I'm only as good as what the coach thinks of me or I'm only as good as what the scoreboard says, those are two things that are not in my control that are determining my worth. And now that is very anxiety producing because now mm -hmm. I need that scoreboard and that coach to say the right things about me in order for me <clears throat> to be okay. Oh man, that is a brutal way to try to perform, especially when sports kind of bring their own pressure <laughs> because they're sports and it's fun to try to win. Yeah. That you don't want to be adding extra, like having your own value and worth wrapped up in the outcome of this. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's that's so spot on. And and one thing that we we do with uh, Paige is is we help her come up with fail fail attempts mm -hmm. uh, that just that are in her control. Yeah, that that give her a focus that is not based on. Um, her being a good versus bad teammate mm. or player or you know that that now she can say okay did I did I try and shoot the ball or was I too performance based that I didn't shoot the ball and if she has one attempt then we really celebrate that mm. and that fosters more of that process rather than results performance yeah kind of two ways to look at this one is that this question is mm -hmm. coming like literally if, if you're watching this as a parent watching it about your kid, then it would be a really good idea just to check on anything that you're suggesting that your child do or, or praising them mm -hmm. on afterwards, it's all 100% in their control. So in, in, if they're playing like softball, it's not about getting a hit, it's about swinging. You know, it's, it's gotta be something that's totally in their control, praise them on those things. And, and you'll find that they develop a, a process focused mindset. But another interesting thing I want to address before we wrap this up is outside of, of kids playing sports, this idea of process versus results focused, where does that show up in, you know, even some more adult growth journeys outside of sports? 
that you've seen? Uh, I would say health. Like if, if you're someone who either has an injury and they're trying to get back into shape or uh, needs to lose some weight and trying to, you know, become more fit. Oh yeah, weight's a big one. Because yeah. you have kind of a scoreboard. Right. Right. That, sure. that number on the scale can really act like a scoreboard. Yeah. I would say growing a business uh, in sales, any kind of project that that having the being the result is um, is is not going to be something that you want to be obsessed on. Otherwise, your joy, your enjoyment getting there is going to be not fun. Uh, it, it's a great it's a great point. Whether it's your, the, the revenue you're bringing in a business, the number that's on the scale, or even the response of the person you're trying to have a relationship with, th those are all results. And if you're depending on those for your value in any of those three areas, holy cow, the pressure is high. Mm -hmm. and, and high pressure usually leads to low performance. Yeah, burnout. Yeah, quitting. <laughs> and just not having fun. Yeah. Yeah, you want to make sure it's fun. Yeah. Great question. As Whit and I have embarked on this journey of making our own change and helping clients do the same, one thing that we've noticed is that the change that's really worth making is usually not a one and done kind of thing. That the key factor is the ability to do it daily, to be consistent, to remain steadfast. We believe this so much that we have named our company after it and we've created a program intentionally designed to build your consistency. We want to build your consistency to trust yourself. So we called it Trust You. If you're ready to become the person that doesn't just renew your mind, but renews your mind daily, head over to steadfastlifecoaching.com and check it out.